Welcome to the Canny Conversations podcast, Conversations with a Cause, with social entrepreneur Safraz Ali. Saf came relatively late to entrepreneurship after working in both the public and private sectors. He coined a phrase that describes what he does as the mad entrepreneur that's make a difference entrepreneurship. As well as being the author of the Canny Bites books, Saf's business interests cover health and social care, business and corporate events, as well as him being the CEO of Pathway Group, a welfare to work and skills provider. In these podcasts, he shares his thoughts with journalist Adrian Kibler. So, let's join the conversation. Welcome to Canny Conversations with Safraz Ali. Uh, my name is Adrian Kebler. Uh, this podcast aims to bring you a canny conversation with a cause. Conversations that we hope will capture your curiosity cannily. Now, much of the content is contained within... Um, Safraz's books, then there are three of them, Canny Bites business books. We're going to be slightly different just for this one because we're going to go slightly off the books and, and I want to talk to Saf about something which obviously would be difficult for us to ignore. Um, it's not all over, but I want to talk about some of the lessons that we can learn from the COVID incident. And I want to know, Saf, is there any single lesson that we could learn from it but the biggest single lesson i think the words resilience and adaptability have become part of our uh, language and and part of what we we now often talk about i think um in addition to that what well, what i would say is that most things that people had perceived in terms of changes those have come about just a lot more quicker. So there's an element where the direction of travel was was there as a country, as an economy, but it's all that that's happened has been a catalyst for the change. So the change has become a lot, been a lot more quicker. You know, we live in a world in which we've, you know, we often refer to as volatile, a bit uncertain, uh, and that's proven this year. The fact that there is there is uncertainty there, there is some volatility there. There is an element of unsure, ambiguous, and it is, it is a very fast-changing world. I think that's something that you know we've we've all come to realise, and and our language now in terms of the new norm and unprecedented is another word that you know often people talk about. Uh, pivot, you know, pivoting your business. These words were already probably there and were there, but you know, it's become the forefront of of our thinking, how we how we perceive things, take, take nothing for granted, and make the best opportunity that you can of of the situation. Do you think that people fully appreciate the the impact? Uh, uh, you know, one startling figure is that by the end of of last year, twenty twenty. Significantly more people in the UK had died um, with COVID than were killed throughout the whole of the Second World War by enemy action. UK civilian numbers who died in the Second World War from any enemy action was about 67,000, way past that number within under a year. So do people really appreciate the size, the, the extent and the significance of what's happened, do you think? I think that a lot of it depends on and whether an individual has had personal experience. You know, if you've been touched by it, if you're aware of it, if it's part of your circle, you know, you have a, a, a firm viewpoint. I think if you're also of an opinion where very much 
thinking that this is a, a conspiracy then it's very hard for somebody to uh, think anything but that but for, for the general population i think people uh, see for what it is um, can empathize can relate to the the situation and can see the devastation that it has caused not just in terms of people's health and well-being but also in terms of the wealth for the country and our uh, present situation in terms of how how we're going to recover from this and the recovery isn't something which is going to be short term it's going to have long term impact you know it's it's taken us 40 50 60 years to pay for the world war you know this could be an equivalent where you know we're we're talking decades in terms of actually recovering from this you know it's something once you know once your thoughts have been stretched or then it's hard to get back to the same position do you think that it will change the way in which we value people and what i mean by that is if you look at the people that have really pulled us through people in the national health service we're talking about care workers and i know that you're involved in a domiciliary care company we're talking about other frontline workers in shops delivery that sort of thing and of course we're also talking about you know the scientists that were working on the vaccine all of those people are sharing common the fact that they're not particularly well paid but they've pulled us through not hedge fund managers not pop stars not footballers not captains of industry so so do, do you think that we will or at least ought to start looking at the way that we value different jobs i think for many years particularly some of the sectors that you mentioned they've been underappreciated and the care sector has been undercapitalized under utilized under underappreciated in terms of its role in society and uh, these are traditionally low paid jobs but they have a massive impact you only need to have personal experience of of uh, of a loved one uh, being in care to realize the difference that the individuals make you know the local pharmacies the uh, the 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 nhs the care workers anything to do with the health uh, well-being education their frontline you know you go back to the basics you know it's it is health it is our education it is our well-being and anybody who makes a difference anybody who works in that i think this year has been the year where they are recognized it's whether that recognition is going to be sustained for the longer term uh yes clapford carers has been something that you know we've all been involved with the, you know i don't know anybody who hasn't uh, you know who hasn't actively appreciated the nhs this year or carers this year i think we've got a we've had a common hero uh heroes this year and and that's been that particular sector but it's whether that's going to be longer term whether that's going to be sort of sustainable and permanent in terms of that recognition it's not just about recognizing but it's also the government supporting those particular sectors there's also other sectors which you know have had it really tough this year and we can't forget the fact that it's the well it's any sector where there's an element where you know from a well-being perspective you know I'm talking about uh, hospitality number one for me absolute devastation and I really feel for the hospitality sector the retail sector particularly the traditional bricks and bricks and mortar the impact is is long lasting and you're hearing every other week uh, job losses uh, company closures this is long term damage to the economy 
and long-term damage which isn't going to be easily replicated or or recovered i mean in terms of business um and lessons to learn i i mean this covid pandemic was not an act of god it was an act of man it was an act of folly the experts haven't they they've been saying the world health organization other experts have been saying for decades that the biggest threat was a some sort of viral pandemic and nobody took any notice in 2016 the uk government did a major piece of work about looking at the impact of a viral flu and they found that they were not in a position to deal with it should it happen. And of course it's happened and everybody was caught with the trousers down basically. From a business point of view, do you think that there are lessons that we can learn in terms of, you know, if we know that there's a problem and we know that there's a personal threat, don't sort of always keep it in the pending tray but but deal with it because one day it will come home and bite you. Do you think that's true? I think this, I mean, what I've noticed this year is that there's the differences that people have with each other, they've been extenuated and those differences have come out where people have accused other countries, very sort of accusatory comments and also competed with others in terms of, you know, we, we will get a vaccine out, we've got a world beating system and so forth, we're better than others and, and what we've seen is that it's not like that, you know, so, you know, you can be a rich and powerful country, but you will, the impact might be more than maybe a less developed, traditionally third world type country. And, you know, we're you know, all on a level playing field when it comes to it. So if it can, it can impact all of us. And it's not just a matter of, you know, how much reserves we have or, you know, how much power we have in terms of financial resources or where we rank in from an economy perspective, we've all been hit and, and uh, you know, it's, it's been uh, devastating to, uh, to, to many you know, first world uh, economies. Yeah, I mean, and, and do you also feel that the, that the vaccine, it, 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 it's essential that the vaccine doesn't just go to, um, you know, the countries like the UK and, if you like, the more advanced nations, but but it, it is also essential that it goes to the poorer parts of the world, not just because that's the right thing to do, but if it's not dealt with in, in, throughout the whole globe, then it will mutate and come back and bite everybody. So do you think that as a consequence of this, we sh- we've become more globally aware and more aware perhaps that, you know, this fragile earth is our own little spaceship sailing through the universe and you know we all better collectively look after it a bit better do you agree with that i think they're saying that we're all in it together but the impact has been different again the same from a local perspective you know working from home or you know staying at home will have more impact on certain people than others so it's the same with the the vaccine the same with everything else so each country to their own from from their own perspective I think the pharmaceutical companies will look at it very much from an economic perspective in terms of what's right for them. And uh, I think that's where they it's been a race in terms of first mover advantage, who's going who's gonna to get the vaccine out, and then there's going to be a race to a certain level in terms of who's going to 
uh, approve it and get it out to their masses as well and, and, and we're seeing that and have seen that so from that perspective I think yes we, you know the awareness is, is there but but we're not all equal. We we will take we will look at it from a different perspective, but and different viewpoints, and and that diversity or that that variation will be quite obvious to see. And do you think it'll change the way that businesses behave in terms of sourcing materials and components from overseas? Do you think that there will be a tendency to think, well, hang on, is it wise to be so dependent on countries like China and? Do you think that some of the supply chains will, will change, perhaps shorten, with more manufacturing of, of at least the, the vital commodities brought closer to home, or do you think we'll continue as we have been? I think there, there is change, and, and, and there's no doubt people thinking in terms of procurement, in terms of supply chain, has already shifted. In terms of the lead times that were there traditionally, they are are less and less appropriate, particularly when you need to move fairly quickly. We've seen the difficulties and, and uh, some of the issues that have, uh, have arisen, particularly with PPE equipment, uh, the unreliability of it, the, the lack of equipment, the, the wastage that's happened, the bad procurement that has happened. And, and partly part of that now is using local bases, relying more on local manufacturing that you can control more and a lot of that is also having in internal reliances or reliances is on a, on a from a country perspective to rely on your own to produce what you, what the country needs I, I mean do you think that this pandemic will slow down the process of globalization or, or do you think it'll speed it up because there'll be a greater recognition of that you know we're all all dependent upon it, each other uh, what you thought? Of, what are your thoughts in terms of the impact on globalization? I mean, globalization is there. I mean, digital products. I mean, people are now looking at selling to the world, online courses, anything digital. That's still going on, and that is happening at a faster pace. Education is being transported, you know, media and so forth. Those are things that are there, but it's just the tangible things. That's where. Possibly it's about manufacturing more locally, manufacturing more in terms of your own control. Uh, so you'll have a, you know, more global businesses, but maybe small global businesses and having a combination of both really. Uh, so it's not just one way in terms of, you know, it's let's just outsource this or let's just go where the cheapest base of manufacturing is, but also considering all the other constraints and issues and so forth. I mean, in terms of the, the lessons that, that, that apply to to your business, I mean, obviously one of, well, two businesses which are very significantly sort of implicated. One, of course, the domiciliary care, which where, you know, some real heroes have, have arisen and you've talked about some of the issues around PPE. And, of course, the training business, the um, apprentices and vocational training, obviously... People are increasingly learning online. They're increasingly using technology to communicate. Uh, that was probably something that was happening already, but do you think that will accelerate or change or do you think we'll want to go back to wanting to meet face-to-face? How do you think that will work? I think um, I think there's certain things that are now part of our belief system, part of how what, you know, what we're comfortable with. Uh, people are much more comfortable with... Um, a hybrid type situation 
uh, many surveys are, are are out there in the public domain where it's not necessarily one or the other it's a combination and a lot of it is about individual choice you know we've got situations where you know we're we're trying to be as flexible as we can but at the same time it's not about for us saying to people you 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 know you have to work from home or you have to work from the office it what works for that for that particular person what works for the team and giving people a choice ultimately in terms of direct impact on our businesses yes health and social care you know we've been on the the front line and really have to congratulate all our managers and our team members in terms of you know carrying on 7 days a week continuously uh and there is there is no rest in that business and you know after you're working 18 hours plus uh in terms of cover uh and it's continuous you know we provide sometimes 24 hours live in care as well so it's continuous in terms of cover giving that support as well and what we found is that at times uh the carers themselves have been pressurized by family members to to take a break to uh stop working and so forth and and what we found is that the individuals weren't necessarily doing it for the money but they're doing it in terms of the commitment their dedication for the role and understanding their duty and their responsibility and that came to the surface particularly with regard to the health and social care business in terms of the the training arm uh, the training company that's uh, been a mixed bag in terms of how we delivered in some cases it's gone very very quickly online you know digital by default uh, so automatically we're now thinking from a digital online as opposed to face to face so online in terms of recruiting of learners online in terms of inducting learners coaching doing the assessments online so very much digital by default and then we're looking at also at the same time giving people some element of choice putting together uh some element of face to face where we need to some coaching working working with people in their own tomorrow own time really so on demand type learning so if they want to work at a or study at a faster pace than working with those individuals as well the foster care very similar as well so what we found is that you know we've had a surge in uh potential uh, individuals looking to uh, become foster carers uh people who've been made redundant you know changes in jobs looking at foster caring as an opportunity to give back as well as uh, earn a living and contribute to society so people are you know have looked at things completely differently this year in terms of uh, their outlook and I think we you know we've got to recognize that there, there hasn't been a one size fit all In terms of social care, that's you obviously you can't cook somebody a meal or wash or wash them or you can't do that from home, which is obviously perhaps worth remembering that, that, that there are a lot of jobs which which cannot be done from home. In terms of um, education and, and training, do you think that there will be a change in terms of how different qualifications and uh, are valued? for example what i'm getting at is you know it, it, there will be jobs clearly lost in sort of hospitality in particular uh, whether they'll recover over time i don't know but as a consequence of that do you think 
more people might be looking for apprenticeship type vocational training because because they're forced to look at change of career i think firstly the the, the skills that people are now looking at is is the first thing so it's not necessarily um you know experience from the past you know so you might have had x amount of experience based about what your what your transferable adaptable skills are having digital skills is probably up there you know there's not many jobs now where you know you could do uh, a role without having digital skills even in terms of the care sector you know we've got apps that the you know the individual carers have to utilize to log in log out you know read care plans and so forth so it's, it it is very much one of the key skills that most businesses uh will look at in terms of in, in in terms of that so that's that's the first thing so you know you, you've got a digital divide where some some individuals have never really used technology even to a certain level we've got long term unemployed they can't claim universal credit if they don't have an email address they're not digitally inclined so what you, what we're finding is that digital really is the basic skill set that most people will have and then it's different levels of digital skills getting online is 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 a base but then it's different levels of those digital skills and and the more digital savvy you are the more digital native you are then you'll find that you're more adaptable to different jobs different roles there isn't there's not many jobs now where you know you can get away with uh, very little digital skills you've talked about the recovery um being a long one um do you think we will ever return to what we used to know as normal or do you think the, the, the world has changed forever i think there has been change it's whether what part of that is permanent change and what of what part of that is change for the for now and and where where, where that's likely to stretch back to uh, nobody can really say if, with certainty exactly where we're going to be um you know sometimes we you know we we have short memories you know as as, as humans we revert back to our our core very quickly and, and other times we you know once stretched we never get back never go back so you know in certain certain areas you know we you know it is going to be part of how we do things most of us are now you know using click and collect and that's something that we you know I, I can't see how that's not going to be used as as we go along i think these are part of our norms now you know working from home to a certain level is part of our norm my brother who's in the pharmaceutical sector uh, you know he's already been told that they're going to carry on working from home for at least another half half or six months so these are things that are there and and we have to sort of appreciate and understand that you know whatever time scale that we're thinking it's not necessarily going to work exactly to our thinking and our plan i mean looking at the the economic situation and the level of borrowing all right interest rates are low at the moment but i mean how how are we going to ever pay f- for this i think i think we need to appreciate the fact that most of the money that has been pumped into the economy and into people's bank accounts and resources has been borrowed money uh, whether that's bounced back loans secured uh, so supported by the government uh, the uh, c bills corona business interruption loan schemes the uh, uh, job retention scheme all of the all of these 
have been uh, sparked by government support. This is traditionally borrowed money and you know it is adding to the total debt for the country you know, which is exceeding 2 trillion figures uh, are you know unprecedented in that respect and uh, that has to be looked at and, and paid back we we realize the government's also looking at jobs and job creation through the kickstart scheme through sort of pumping more money into traineeships uh, supporting businesses and at the end of the day if it comes from government it is taxpayers money and you know if that's been borrowed then somehow the taxpayers have to pay back and you know it is going to come from ultimately from tax just to remind um people that are listening to this that this is part of a series and, and um previous episodes can uh, of course be obtained from your podcast supplier um we've gone slightly off tangent in this episode because we had to talk about this particular issue but the 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 the, the series is based essentially around Saf's um, Canny Bites book. I just wonder, Saf, whether you think that there might be some lessons from from COVID that, that you might at some stage think about writing about? Yeah, I think, I think um, I mean, I'm, I'm already sort of thinking in terms of, you know, how this will impact on the, the work-life balance, the work-life choice question. That that's probably the the biggest aspect of it. People have appreciated, um, you know, what works for them. Uh, I think we've all been a little bit more reflective this year. Uh, we've we've counted our blessings. Um, some of us have got off the hamster wheel and looked around us and be more conscious and be more aware. I would say our consciousness level, our awareness level, uh, you know, understanding ourselves is probably at the greatest level that it has been and uh, for me that's about you know and that's a good thing you know being emotionally aware and emotionally savvy something that you can actually reflect on you know it's, it's been a year of reflection um, I, I think um, I think we've got to appreciate the positives that have come out of this and um, and again you know we've we've talked about some of the negatives as well uh, you know the, the the mental health aspect of it the loneliness uh, part of it as well, the fact that people have, uh, to a certain level, feel, felt isolated. And, you know, we're generally uh, more aware of these these issues and these these concerns and, and have much more awareness of, 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 of these factors. So finally, um, because sadly, again, we're running um, short on time, but just finally... Has the last period of months given you more time to perhaps do some writing and think about sort of future books or have you just been as busy as ever but working in a, in a different way? I think it's you've got to go back to what's important and uh, you know I try and take a bit of time out. It's sometimes very difficult but try and take a little bit of time out to think about where we are, to plan a little bit more and uh, sharpen the saw. And from my perspective... For me personally, you know, that works with some element of creative writing, a little bit more sort of poetry if I can. I like, I like, I like doing that and, and just being a bit more in the moment wherever I can. I think that's that, these are the sort of ways I've, they're, they're my coping mechanisms, they're the ways that I will try and get the best out of myself. 
I mean, it might be the, the failing football manager's cliche that you have to try and take the positives, but you're absolutely right. And, and now has come the time to curtail this canny conversation with a cause. Um, but thanks for listening and uh, catch up at your convenience. Thanks for listening to this canny conversation with a cause. These conversations are based upon the Canny Bites books by Safraz Ali, available on Amazon. To find out more, go online and visit Saf's website, pathwaygroup.co.uk, or join him on social media. He can be contacted at safraz at pathwaygroup.co.uk. This is a 1386 audio production.